Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Matthew Hurley of the GA Statsman podcast to run through all the weekend's results from various different club championships. You had club finals in Kerry, Mayo, Tyrone, Fermanagh, London, Limerick. I mean, so many finals up and down the country. So we're here to, to break it down, dissect all the action and discuss it further. I was away for the bank holiday, hence why there was no uh, match reactions or anything like that um, over the last few days. And obviously we are doing this one or two days later than usual, but uh, it was the bank holiday. So that's the, the reason for that. Just a reminder, we're brought to you by Declan Kirby GEA Star, the best children's GEA book out there in the market at the minute. You can find on Amazon Eason's All Good Bookshops. Matthew, happy uh, delayed Halloween. How's uh, how's things with yourself? Did you enjoy all the uh, scary, crazy GA action over the weekend? You could say it was scary, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a shock really uh, with the bars and uh, Nemo. Like I didn't expect it. You expected it. In fairness to you, you said Nemo would win the Car County Championship. Maybe you should come down here and work for the Southern Star or the Echo or anything like that. You know so. Uh, fair play to you for uh, getting that prediction correct and uh, a lot of more action to look forward to the Kerry final, as you said, the Limerick hurling final as well, uh, Westport winning, which I, I I actually predicted Westport to win in Mayo, so maybe I should go up to Mayo and you should go down to Cork, so maybe there's a deal there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, it could be could be worse, to be honest, it could be sent to worse places. Um, to be fair, the Mayo fans haven't been too happy with you down the years on this channel, so I don't know, maybe they might, if you go down there, maybe you might make it out of there, you know? Maybe not, maybe not. But say, uh, geez, I get everything right anyway. Didn't I say they won't, they won't win in all Ireland year after year after year, and they don't do it, and then Westbrook win it. So maybe I just, I just a realist when it comes to me, OJ, you know. Um, so maybe they want to have me up for a bit of motivation, uh, get them up on a podcast, a Mayo Sport Live podcast, just to you know slag off their players, get them motivation, and they'll eventually win Sam back for the first time since 1951. So maybe there's a few positives for avoid being up to Mayo, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a, a psychologist role or or something of uh, of that nature would be interesting. Um, but I suppose it was it was Halloween yesterday, obviously, and I was kind of thinking before we we start this podcast a bit of a, a trivia question and in some ways like someone one of the followers did send me this earlier of, of, of asking me to put it up as a post and i kind of just didn't really get around to it but it was basically talking about you know the players that would scare you the most in terms of like you know for, for your own county like a team you'd be scared of the most that could do the most damage you know like he mightn't be the best team mightn't be the best player necessarily but when he comes up against your county he just always has a good game always performs can be a ladies football of course as well like as a Dublin fan like Owen Mulligan was a player that absolutely used to terrify me as a Dublin fan because you know like the amount of brilliant goals he'd score against Dublin down the years I mean he was absolutely crazy really um, and even down the years in the Leinster championship as well going up against the likes of your Joe Sheridans and these type of lads Um to be fair, we probably haven't been scared in Leinster in God knows how long, but uh, what, what about yourself? Any players down the years as a Cork fan that just had a habit of you know, producing the shock, producing the scare? A few Kerry players now, and one, uh, before anybody mentions that in the comments, Clifford isn't one of them. Like Every Cork player that actually went on yeah. him has actually won well when Kevin Flahive or any of them went on him. He, he turns into some terrible player. I don't know what it is about Clifford, but anyway, it's probably, it it's is, probably the opposite for Clifford in some ways. He's probably nearly. It's like Corker, the team scaring him. They're spooking him. Maybe, yeah, maybe like Clifford. 
just as um, you know, a bit of um, a street fright or something against Cork. I don't know what it is about him, but definitely one player that would scare me for Kerry. I I I recognise his brilliance and all that. And as a pundit, I think he's on boys. So I think he's an excellent pundit as well. Colin Cooper. Like every time Cork came up against him, he produced something. You know, out of the blue, he's just some sort of uh, mini god there or Kieran Donaghy whenever he went into the square or something like that. But I think we dealt with Donaghy a small bit once the years went on as he got older and, you know, Owen Cadigan got wiser as well and maybe they had them battles. Um, maybe a bit of a scary one, but not in terms of playing probably Paul Galvin because of the fights he had with Noel O'Leary. To be honest, there's a lot of gory um, stuff in that, to be honest with you. And uh, funny enough, they're, they're best of friends now, Noel O'Leary and Paul Galvin. So um, they're completely in different um, trajectories, really. Galvin's more to the fashion, and then Noel is into, you know, anal analyzing on the Irish Examiner, and he's a tree surgeon now as well. So, like, two completely different personalities, and they obviously have fight each other on the pitch, and now they're the best of friends. So, you know, that's that's the way it is. Um, but yeah, outside of Kerry, it, it's a difficult one, really. Um, I suppose for that 2010 semi-final, I know Cork won it, but that 2010 semi-final alone, Berter Brogan, I thought, jeez, what a player he was. And uh, I seen him, uh, and we, and I think I discussed with Seamus Brady from PRG off-air plenty of times. The worst person you could have put on Berter Brogan from a car point of view was Ray Carey. We did that. I don't know why Conor Coonan did that. And then Bernard scores 1-6 from play against us. And he, he was on the losing side in the end. But that was probably the best performance ever by um, a losing player that I've learned in in my opinion. I thought he was absolutely superb. And a lot of people saying Bernard Brogan was overrated. I watched him in the flesh in Crow Park. And I thought he was absolutely unreal. What a player he was. And uh, yeah, probably Brogan, Cullen Cooper. And maybe Paul Galvin for him. Um, a different sort of reason, the gory detail, possibly. Yeah, yeah, but funny enough, like you were mentioning Ray Carey, Mark, and Bernard Brogan. I mean, Paddy Andrews was the man marking Colin Cooper in the in the two thousand nine All Ireland quarter final. So you know, you were mentioning Colin Cooper there. That's kind of that's kind of crazy, really. Like that, that Paddy Andrews was the man marking um, marking Colin Cooper back then, but. I suppose, look, we'll crack on with the weekend's club results anyway, and there's certainly a lot to a lot to digest and a lot to break through. I suppose we were chatting off air about the Cork final, Nemo Rangers, St. Finbars. We might as well start with that one. Nemo Rangers, 116, St. Finbars, 2-9. I suppose, Matthew, you were saying before that, you know, Nemo Rangers, maybe you didn't rate them too much, and, and obviously a lot of people, you know, ruling them out and, and maybe saying they're not good enough. And you obviously seen Luke Connolly's interview after the game, like speaking out and saying, you know, people are rolling them off and it kind of is a thing in, in a lot of club games. Remember Desi Hutchinson was saying after Bally Gunners win for Waterford, you know, people are writing us off. It kind of is a bit of a thing you see a lot of the time at club level. Um, but to be fair to Luke Connolly, probably did have a point and I don't know if he was tuning into the, any of these podcasts, but certainly yourself mm -hmm. didn't expect Nemo Rangers to, to produce the, uh, the big upset. You didn't know, but even look at the stats before the final, like Nemo actually, out of their 27 final, well, 26 finals open since Sunday, Nemo won 22 and lost four. So their record was absolutely incredible once it came to finals. And I kind of knew, I know the Bars, in my opinion, were were probably the better team on paper, and they performed well against Kilku and Austin Saxon, etc. last year. And I honestly thought the Bars were all other contenders. 
But I was uh, going into the game at Parker Keep thinking you can't write off this Nemo side. They are just perennial, perennial, um, you know, experts at this. Once they get to finals, they rarely, rarely lose. It's a bit like Kerry in um, the All Ireland over the last few years in football. Once they get to a Sam Maguire final, they don't lose. Like it's not in their DNA. This Nemo team have only been concentrating on football for years, and maybe. It was a few things with the bars, in my opinion. Maybe they went in overconfidence. Like a lot of people are contacting me saying maybe that's false. They know the players inside out, but it kind of looked to me in the first half they just weren't ready for the battle, in my opinion. I just think they were ready for the battles against Austin Sachs because everyone wrote them off and saying Austin Sachs were the, the be all and end alls and stuff like that. But once People were writing off Nemo and saying the Bars are going to win this. They're going to go on an all-earned journey. It possibly could be killed McCudd in the semi-finals. I thought they just looked flat in the first half. I thought Nemo just tore into them. They put Kevin O'Donovan and Stephen Sherlock, and it was mostly Sherlock marking O'Donovan. You know, O'Donovan making marauding runs. Sherlock only scored one point for play, and O'Donovan scored one point for play himself. So that battle was definitely won by Kevin. I thought he was outstanding. Mark Cronin might have not scored, but I thought he was brilliant as well. Connor Horgan with one three. I, again, like we were mentioning off air as well, Nebo don't necessarily have brilliant players that could play for Cork, but he's definitely one that steps up to the plate in club level. He scored one three from play, including the goal. If you watch the back of the Irish Examiner, I thought it was very smart. It was poor kick out by John Kearns to be fair with him. But once Connor Horgan got the ball, one thing in his mind, he was going to love him. And that essentially finished the game. Like the bars had not, uh, too much to do after that. In fairness to Brian Hayes, Billy Hennessy, and Sherlock himself, they got back into the game. But Nemo, they just got their matchups correct all over the pitch. And fair play to Paulo Donovan for that. And um, yeah, after the Clonic Hilty game and Carberry Rangers game early on in the year, like they only scored 2 4 against Carberry Rangers in the quarterfinals. And I thought, there's not a county in this team. No way. But. They got to the final and they do what they usually do in finals and win it out. And I suppose it is a lesson to everybody not to write Nemo off. I think Colin Parkinson mentioned it as well. This is a team that won three at the last five car finals. And for some reason, they were written off um, as, you know, also Rams and they were really terrible and this and that. But like this Nemo team, they went out the group stage last year, let's not forget and they go on and win the car championship this season. So it's a brilliant recovery from them. And I think, honestly, they were much more up for it than the Bars. And that first 45 minutes was the difference between the two sides. It was unfortunate for the Bars, who were going for a double. But maybe that was an issue as well. They put too much into hurling a few weeks ago, and maybe they got a bit flat-footed as well. But fair play to Nemo Rangers. They proved myself wrong. They proved your right arm. They did, they did, and my, uh, my my mystic Mac prediction there of, of them winning the Cork Championship. To be fair, like the main reason why I picked them to win it is just as you said, like three of the they've won three of the last five finals. They obviously have the history there, and obviously that doesn't always count for anything. I mean, you look at a, a team like Corfin, for example. You know, maybe you'd expect them to sort of get back on track and and keep winning eventually. You know, the the greatness of every team seems to to run out. I mean. You only have to look at Dublin at inter-county level and, and you see their greatness is, is somewhat diminished in the last two seasons. But it does show the character of Nemo to, to turn it around um, and, and obviously win the final. And obviously it finished as a, as a three-point win in the end um, or a four-point win in the end. But like generally speaking, like it was very, very easy for Nemo Rangers. Like Finbars didn't get their two goals until late on. Like I was watching the highlights on TG Cahar earlier and like geez, it was very, very comfortable for Nemo Rangers. Like Finbar's never really 
settled into the game. The, you know, Sherlock, I thought, was was marked out of the game brilliantly. Um, and they just seemed that hungry, hungrier and smarter. And as you said, like that error from John Kearns from the kickout probably maybe summed up St. Finbar's in many ways. Like they just weren't at the races at all. And then obviously Connor Horgan has the audacity to, to chip the keeper straight away and a very instinctive tuned in decision to, to think of that straight away, especially when they probably didn't need the goal either. Um, so yeah, look, brilliant from Nemo Rangers, but for Finbar's, yeah, quite a flat performance in many ways. It was, yeah. And so I was expecting Bars to really uh, show what they were made of in this game. But I just think, as you rightly said, Aaron, they were flat-footed. They just didn't expect the battle coming from Nemo. And I, I don't know what it was about this team. Like, Killian Myers-Murray was marked out of the game completely. Um, I think by Brian Murphy at full-back is another suggestion for Cork football. I think he was excellent. And I think that was mentioned, um, mentioned on some articles during the week. Uh, the Bars' plan, like against Austin Sachs last year, was to win the throwing and then book the ball long into Brian Hayes. They planned to do that at the start of the game against Nemo, but Barry Cripps and Alan O'Dullivan in the Nemo midfield had other plans. They won the ball, and that set Nemo on the front foot already, and they were just aggressive to every single ball. And Yes, it was three points apiece in the first few minutes, and we were thinking this is going to be an absolute classic, but Nemo scored six of the, six of the next seven points. And that eventually, that ended the first half, really. Ended the game as a contest. And we were thinking, I was thinking, look at the, the game for the stands. I was thinking, the Bars have to come up in the second half. They have to hit the first two scores in this. But in fact, it was Nemo to hit the first two scores. And that was it. That was game over after that. And Connor, Connor Horgan, brilliant performance by him. And uh, he just summed it up with that audacious chip. And that eventually won the game. And... Even when the Bars had that mini purple patch towards the end of it, they, they st- Nemo still found a way to get scores. I'm sure you saw it on loads of Twitter accounts and stuff. Luke Conley's point. I thought, I, I've criticised Luke Conley in the past, but that was an absolutely superb point. And w- w- well needed for Nemo Rangers. It was brilliant. And even Paul Kerrigan coming on, we mentioned off here, he had his 10th county title. Now. I don't know, is that a record? It must be, to be honest. It definitely probably is in Cork. But he set up the last point for Kieran O'Sullivan, who's from Kerry, by the way, as well. So I, I didn't know that before I checked Twitter this morning. But there you go. But um, yeah, he set up the last point and Kieran O'Sullivan got it. And yeah, it was it was something something that um, Nemo planned. And maybe the articles drove them on. I, I was um, talking to um, a Nemo player on a DM and things like that from Instagram and Twitter. And they were saying the articles throughout the week saying, oh, the bars will challenge Kid McCall. And they'll go win Munster and they'll go win this car championship and they're a great team and they'll win the double and this and that. That drove on Nemo Rangers. Everybody was expecting a Bars win, but yeah, including myself, but Nemo proved everyone wrong and some record really, 23 wins out of 27 finals. And to add to that, two of the four losses were to club sites. Skibbereen, who won the All-Ireland in 1992 and Castlehaven in 2013. That is some record for Nemo Rangers. And the other two losses were to UCC and Muscree, who aren't clubs. So this this Nemo team, they're the perennial experts at this. They're, they're brilliant at finals. And that won them the game. They were just up for it and they knew what to do. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Luke Connolly there. And, I mean, it was an outstanding point, an outrageous point in more ways than one. And we've seen him do this a lot of the time for Cork. like, And, and maybe sometimes that can be maybe the issue with him is because he takes those opportunities on quite a lot, mainly because he has the ability to score from those angles. But 
I'm sure for modern day coaches where it's all about shooting from scoring zones or recycling possession and not be shooting from ridiculous angles because you'll give away possession. But I mean, he was outstanding. He was brilliant. I mean, what do you think? Could he be coming back into the, into the court panel maybe next year? It's a really tough one because I think Sherlock is so good now. I just think he had a bad day on Sunday. Brian Hurley, I think, is improving year on year. Colin Mann, he's a brilliant young player. Connor Corbett's now coming back to fitness. So it's going to be tough for Conley to break into the team. But I'm not, like, it was a brilliant performance and all that from Conley. But I'm actually not forgetting that um, in the McGrath Cup final, he takes some stupid decisions, in my opinion, and his attitude wasn't particularly great. In that same um, McGregor final against Kerry and Dowd, it cost us, um, you know, a bit of a bit of a trimming down at Killarney. But um, I think his quality is undeniable. I think he's an unbelievable footballer. His skill level is absolutely unbelievable. And even in the group phase against uh, Castlehaven, I think Tony Davis mentioned in the Irish Examiner um, live stream at the final as well. He should he should have gone for a point really, and he had the audacity to go for goal. That's what and I think Tony Davis. Uh, quote of that, that's what makes him special. That's that's Luke Conley in a nutshell. You know, he's an absolutely unbelievable player. He has the quality to do these sorts of things. And he, he's a brilliant player. But I'm thinking, like, Sherlock is consistent. Brian Hurley's consistent. Cahill Omani. So I think he needs to add consistency to his game. Maybe if they will make a run at the county, and, or sorry, Munster, then kill McCudd in the semi-final. Then after that... Like maybe yeah, John Cleary could pick up the phones because Keith Rickon was the one who actually dropped Hanley. So with Cleary called from back, you don't know. Like you don't know. But I will. I will say Cleary doesn't take any favourites. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't dwell on past experiences. He's just. Um, he's just. Um, you know, picking players on their work ethic. So that's the big thing with Luke Hanley. I think he needs to improve on that. But. Quality-wise, eight points on Sunday. I mean, that's an incredible record. And he was the joint top scorer in the car championship with Brian Hurley. He scored 424 in the championship. That's an incredible uh, scoring statistic there from him. And, uh, yeah, I, I look, it's a difficult one still. The jury's still out on him. I still think so because he has to control his temperament. He has to control, you know, his rash decision-making. But other than that, I think quality-wise, he's up there with the likes of Sean O'Shea. I know that's no popular opinion, but I think he definitely is up there. You mentioned it that um, he could take shots with ridiculous angles because he has the quality. He's a former soccer player. He's an absolutely unbelievable quality player. So, yeah, I just think he needs to improve in consistency. But other than that, I think he's an unbelievable player. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's probably like he's definitely raw around the edges, and he's probably not a system type player. Um, do you know, but like he's clearly got the the talent and the abilities and it would be it would be good to to see him back in the Cork team. Obviously had him on the podcast about over a year ago and he was he was a very nice 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 chap and um definitely wish the the best from with Nemo Rangers and with with Cork next year. Um I suppose moving on from that your your favorite neighbors in Kerry, the uh the other final in the Kerry Championship, East Kerry Versus Mid Kerry, East Kerry one sixteen, Mid Kerry ten points. David Clifford, I mean, what can you say? You just you run out of things really to describe him. Um, one nine, I mean, he's he's you know, I think I seen on Twitter earlier that you know, possibly in 20, 30 years down down the line, people could look back at David Clifford in the same light as Christy Ring. 
where he'll be folklore, he'll be that sort of famous player, like, oh, did you see Clifford play live? Were you around when Clifford was there? A bit like the way people would go on about Lionel Messi in soccer or Maradona or Pele or whatever, where he's he's not just the greatest player possibly at this moment in time, but possibly in the history of the game. Now, don't get me wrong, he obviously needs to win multiple All-Orleans and do it consistently probably for, you know, five, six years, but... There's no doubting he's on his way to do that. And, um, yeah, just another incredible performance for him. It's about real performance. And I was looking, I obviously didn't watch the game, uh, this game between uh, East Kerry and Big Kerry, but I was looking at one of the highlights particularly, I think it was shared multiple times on Twitter, that uh, that point where he just rolls along the ground and then stands up and then gets to the point. Like, he's mm. an unbelievable player and just an incredible, incredible talent. And to win... Footballer of the year on Friday night, and then produce a performance like that, scoring one nine, one six for play. I mean, he's an absolutely specimen of a player. He's an incredible, incredible player. And the scary thing is, he's twenty three years of age. There's more to come from him. I mean, yeah. he's seven years off thirty, and he's achieved so much. Like, imagine if he won the Sigurdsson Cup as well this year, along with all the titles. Like. I'd imagine, like, um, I think um, Kilmory and Oran are in the final in the, the junior championship, and there is the possibility that the likes, or not Oran, sorry, I, I, I don't know, it's Cove in the final with Kilmory, but one of them sides are going to play uh, Fossa, I think, in the junior monster championship. Who's going to go on him? Seriously. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd say they'll have to get, um, you know, prepped um, mentally and physically as well, because... They might have a tower time on him, to be honest with you. Like it might be a brilliant experience going on Clifford being up close to him, but it might be one of the worst experiences of their life as well, going on him. So um I wouldn't I wouldn't wish anything like that on um a junior defender, but that's the way it is, really. With uh, this guy Clifford, he's just absolutely incredible. And he's Kerry deserving champions of this championship. And uh, while we're on the Kerry Championship, though, I think. It's a ridiculous system, to be honest with you. Um, I think it suits car club football down to the ground. But if Dingle were to represent uh, Kerry in the Munster Championship, I honestly think they could beat the Rangers. In, in fact, I think they have the capabilities to beat them off the park. They have an incredible side. But the way the Kerry Championship is structured, it's going to be Kieran's or Rahali's in it. And they lost three championship games this season. I think it was four, maybe three. But, like... I think it's a ridiculous system in Kerry. I think it's uh, incredibly bad, really. And um, it's not Temple North, it's not Dingle. It's going to be Kieran's or Raleigh's. I mean, you know, it's a bit of a downer. And I think Errol Guinness could even pull off a scalp there. So I think the way it's structured is poor from Kerry, the Kerry County Board. But credit to David Clifford and East Kerry. It's an incredible victory. And they'll enjoy it. And uh, what a year David Clifford's had. Probably, is he up there with our RT Sports Person of the Year? I think he's up there, to be honest. I know it's an amateur sport, but the mm. stuff he's achieved, I think he's up there, definitely. I don't know what you think yourself. Yeah, I mean, like just looking at a tweet from from our good friend Connor McKenna, who said, in 2022, David Clifford has won a McGrath Cup, National League, Munster Championship, All-Ireland Championship, Man of the Match in the All-Ireland Final, Player of the Year, and a Kerry County Championship. Could add Kerry, Munster, and All-Ireland Junior Club Championships as well. Like, it's just... It's been a, a crazy, crazy year. Like, and he's done it consistently on the big occasion, you know, week in, week out, except when he's playing Cork, of course. Um, other than that, you know, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. And I think the thing about Clifford as well is it's not just his ability for scores. I think, like, he's setting people up as well. He's creating havoc for defenders. He's setting up other players for scores. 
it's not just the scoring. Like even in games where he hasn't scored, like even in that game in the semi-finals, um, I think it was it was against Dingle. I think it was. I can't quite remember. The game was very very close, and he only scored. I think he only scored one point from in the entirety of the game. No points from play, but there was a couple of moments towards the end of the game where he won a couple of frees, where he set a, a few people up for for scores just to take the the pressure off his uh, his teammates. So I thought he was uh, he, he was very very good um, indeed. Good old Jimmy Sloyan there says uh, if I was on Clifford's fingers, if I was on Clifford fingers in his eyes, just going for the ball ref. Yeah, I think I think you'd I think you'd get away with that one, Jimmy. I think just because of uh, your connections with Mayo there, definitely few uh, brown envelopes for referees and whatnot but um but yeah as you were saying there about the Kerry club championship I mean like what like I don't know like the, I, I do get the system of divisional sides and and everything else and obviously it gives chances for for junior players and and everything else but like from watching the highlights anyway it did feel very lifeless like having two divisional sides in the final there wasn't really much celebration at the end you know didn't I don't really think there was much of a pitch invasion from what I've seen. You know, and yeah, like it, it did seem quite lifeless. Maybe like for Kerry fans, that's always the way it's been. So they're, they're kind of used to it. And I, and I suppose at the same time, you see with a team like Fella Rangers, for example, who make the semifinals, you know, put North Kerry on the map. That's really what shows the goodness of, of divisional sides. And there's plenty of club players in Dublin here who would play for junior and intermediate sides. And, you know, maybe we'll never get the spotlight of, of playing for senior teams, but I don't know. I don't know what you think, but it did feel a bit lifeless, sort of just watching the watching the game or watching the highlights, anyway. Yeah, even watching the celebrations on Twitter, or even the crowd when Clifford hit that amazing score that I watched on Twitter. Probably the only clip I watched the game, but yeah, it did look lifeless. So I think um, it does it does ram home the point about um, uh, divisional sides. But uh, the only the only other county that does divisional sides actually is Cork. Um, I mean, I think. I think this is a thing that Cork... I, I actually wanted the Cork system to carry, to be honest with you, because with Cork, there was the Premier Senior and Senior A, two grades in uh, Cork football. Now, to both in grades can't play in um, in uh, division sites. So, for example, I, I, I say this for Cork viewers, not the green players can't play for Duallo in the club championship, or uh, Island Rovers players can't play for Carvery. So that's that's um, sort of then... And, Senior A is like intermediate in Kerry. So that's the second grade of car football. And so Cork football actually goes down to the third grade for them to play division division for, for the divisional side. And I think that's probably the best way to do it. Like um, you look at the best division side in Kerry, you look know, was East Kerry, obviously, and you have the likes of James O'Donoghue who plays for Killarney Legion, a huge club in Kerry, Austin Sachs are going to be eligible for that next year, which I think is madness, really, with the size of the club. Fawcett, I think David Clifford is fair enough because he plays for Fawcett. It's a pretty small club. It's a it's a rural club. It's a junior club. But um, I, I look back at uh, Carberry. They're the best uh, division side in Cork this season. They played Balancholic and absolutely got destroyed, really. But with Carberry, there was only nine intermediate players and then the rest of them were junior. And I think that's the way that it should go, really. And with Kerry, there's only three grades, senior, intermediate, and junior. With Cork, there's, I think it's five grades or maybe six of them. I think there's um, Premier Senior, Senior A, Premier Intermediate, Intermediate A, Premier Junior, Junior A. I mean, it's a load of them. Um, it's a mouthful of uh, divisions, really. But um, I think it's probably the best way to do it because it gives more junior players exposure. Like, Kerry are kind of... Um, you know, they're saying junior players that gives exposure and carry, but 
James Donoghue is an intermediate player. Like uh, Paul Murphy from Ratmore is an intermediate player. Shane Ryan is an intermediate player. I mean, you know, um, like, I mean, fair play to them for doing this system. And if it works for them, great. But I just think it doesn't give um, it clubs a chance, particularly. Like, I was. Like, I know Dingle would probably beat Nemo Rangers, in my opinion. I think they're better players and all that. It probably suits car football down to the ground. But I was so disappointed, actually, to see, from a neutral point of view, that Dingle didn't make it. Because I think they were an outstanding team this year. Brilliant to watch. And for that club team to fall to the wayside um, over this system, I think it's scandalous, really. I think they should um, have Dingle representing Kerry and to even tweak it a small bit but um, look the Kerry County Board they're the kings of this I'm not sure what you think yourself Aaron but this is the second grade of Kerry football and they're, get, they're getting in these teams like Austin Sachs would be eligible I mean it kind of does make a mockery of the whole thing I just think specifically it should be junior players that's just my opinion on the whole matter but um, Kerry fans would probably think differently Yeah I mean you could argue though at the same time if, if Dingle were supposed to be in the Kerry or in the Munster Club Championship, then maybe they should have won the the club championship, which obviously Karen's O'Rahley's won. Um, and it, it is strange because I think Karen's O'Rahley's they lost every game in the group in the in the county championship, and even in the group that they were in in the club championship, like they finished with three points, um, you know, one win, a defeat, and a draw. And then obviously they beat Spa in the semi-finals of the club championship, and then obviously they won the the final of the of the championship versus Temple. No, like they haven't really beaten any big hitters. You know, they haven't beaten any of the big sides, shall you say, on the way. Um, but you know, in the same time, maybe Dingle should have done better in the club championship. Like maybe that's the the way forward for for teams now. Like, is there really much of a point in in going all out in the county championship when you know the club championship is really probably where you know you're going to avoid your your Cliffords, all the rest, and 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 then if you win it. Then you're in the the Munster Club Championship. Yeah, like if Kerry aren't going to change their system, I think that's the way the uh, clubs have to go. Unfortunately, um, I don't, I'm not a particularly fan of the club championship. I could see why Dingle were resting players at the start of the year. Their eggs was in the basket of the county championship, and they thought it was more prestigious. But maybe they need to think longer term. They need to think realistic because East Kerry, looking at their site this year, it's a county site. It's literally a county site. You look at James O'Donoghue, David Clifford. I think Dara Roach was on it, I think it was. Um, Paul Murphy, Shane Ryan. Uh, you have Paul O'Shea on the bench. I mean, come on now. Like, it's an absolutely yeah. ridiculous team that East Kerry have. And they were always going to win this championship. I know Dingle have performed brilliantly and I love watching them. But look, East Kerry, just look at the players on the field. Like, it's unbelievable the amount of talent. And you may as well put them in the All-Ireland Championship. And they get maybe a semi-final of the Sam McGuire easily. You know, this sort of team is absolutely incredible. And you would agree it's probably the way forward because Kerry are not going to change their spots. They're just going to stick with this championship and fair play to them. But I think clubs need to, like Temple No put a lot into the club championship. And that's another club I actually feel sorry for because they perform much better than Kieran's rallies, in my honest opinion, in the Kerry championship. But look, it's the way the cookie, cookie crumbles. They failed in the final. They didn't perform on the day. Kieran's rallies performed on the day. And now... They're in the club championship. I mean, I, I mean, okay, they won the club championship here at the rallies, but I'm not a particular fan of it. I don't think anybody, I, I think um, Seamus and Lou Payton from um, Play on GA got a load of flack on TikTok over um, um, promoting their video about uh, Kerry, the Kerry championship being a joke. And 
they were saying, oh, you know, nothing about Kerry football, but like I think everybody's nearly saying it. That, uh, this uh, structure, there's no question about Kerry football. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, standard of a championship. But I think the players in it are absolutely incredible, and the county side especially. But there is question marks about the structure. Why Dingle or Temple No or any of them didn't make the championship, uh, the Munster championship, and Kieran's rallies have, despite losing like four games. I mean, you know, there has to be questions asked. And if I think questions will be asked properly when Kieran's or, or if Kieran's rallies, in fact, lose the semi final against either Denier or, or Aero Guinness, which could happen. I honestly think it could happen. And if that happens, I think the Kerry County Board need to reconsider something. To be honest with you, if they want to do well in the club championship, I'm not sure do Kerry actually want to do well in the club championship, but if they do, they need to restructure the championship because it's helping no big clubs in Kerry whatsoever, in my opinion. Yeah, like and to be fair, like Karen's or Rathleys do have good players. Like they have the likes of Tommy Walsh, Barry John Keane's obviously in there as well. Like they do have a David Moore in the midfield, like um they do obviously have a, a good few players, but at the same time, their record is quite questionable over a span of eight games for a team that's going into going into a um, an All Ireland Club Championship. Like, there's no other team in the country that's lost four matches. But yeah, it's still, and I know it's two different championships. But I don't know. Maybe they need to have a system where they even it out between both championships or uh, or something of that nature. I really don't know what they need to do, but but maybe one or two changes possibly need to uh, need to be in order there. Moving on to the Mayo final, it was Westport 1-9, Ballinas, Stephen Oates 1-6. Uh, well, I suppose we were saying there, you did predict Westport at the start of the year to win the, the Mayo Senior Football Championship. Um, so you got that one, right? Yeah, I did. Like, uh, it was more of a hope, really, because Lee Keegan well, just wanted him to win a senior championship with this um, Westport side. And even look at the Westport team, other than Lee Keegan, you have Owen McLaughlin there, I think, as well. Mark Moran. I mean, the forgotten man in Mayo J. really, he's an outstanding, maybe a bit like Luke Conley, he's an outstanding footballer, but temperament's maybe an issue with him. But once he gets going, he's an outstanding footballer. I remember him against Galway during lockdown in the league. I'm not, not sure if you remember that game, Aaron, specifically. He was incredible, that game. Like, he was um, sitting Galway players on their backsides. He was doing everything with the ball. I think he was absolutely outstanding in that game. But uh, Ballinas, Stephen Ice, they performed pretty well, but they didn't do it on the day. Again, like the Bars, like um, Temple, No and Kerry, they just didn't perform on the day. And maybe like, maybe it's a lesson for club sides, really, uh, not to perform to their best of their ability um, at, the, at, this, at the start of the year, really, and to put their eggs in the basket once they get to the final and just you know, go in under the radar a small bit and then burst into life in the final. That's what Westport did, and they won us in the end. Fair play. It's a brilliant victory for them. And Lee Keegan, like, she's just seen his interview on Mayo J and all that. Like, she's what a man. What a man. And he absolutely deserves everything winning this uh, county championship. And hopefully now they win Connacht. I'm really rooting for this Westport team because I think, I, I not only, I think I went on holidays there once, but again, Lee Keegan is an outstanding footballer and uh, Mark Ward as well. If he can fight his way back into the Mayo team, I'd be hard for it because, again, I love to see skillful footballers play for their counties, but the one man that's the winner in this, um, predictions or not, getting predictions right or not, is Lee Keegan. What a man. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and I suppose you're saying there. Like, I've I've been to Westport once or twice. It's definitely a good uh, a good holiday destination. Um, and and yeah, like it's a 
you know, it's it's great to obviously see Egan get his get his day in the sun, shall we say? I mean, he's obviously given so much to to Mayo down the years. Like I think I'd speak for most Mayo fans who would regard him as the the best player for Mayo, maybe in this sort of era from what we, what shall we say, 2010, 2011 onwards of the the group of players who broke through and your O'Connors, your O'Shea's, Alan Dillon, you know, Andy Moore and all the rest. Not to quote uh, Jimmy Sly in there, but um, you know, all these great players who obviously made the breakthrough. But I think Keegan's probably been the the most consistent of the lot. And um, Hilton even says here, do you think that Lee Keegan won a club title? He might stay on for next year on the county panel to give a last shot for the All-Ireland and have the privilege to win a club and county title. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I definitely definitely think if he had have retired, you probably would have heard it by now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, county players would be going back training soon enough. Unless he's going to do a Stephen Cluxton on it, but... He doesn't really seem like that kind of person, to be honest. Like I think he, you know, he is fairly transparent a lot of the time with the media. So I don't think he'd, he, he, you know, I think he would have said he's going to retire unless he is focusing on his club and and maybe if Westport got eliminated, then he'll come out and retire. I don't know. I'm not sure, but um, like he he can still clearly like he doesn't you know he doesn't need to retire. Like he's still clearly got the ability and like for Westport, you know, I didn't see the game, but I seen he was named in midfield. I don't know if he actually played there or not. But again, that shows his versatility. Like he can play a cornerback, wingback. Like, and even a few other Mayo fans have said this down the years as well. You could probably throw him in the half forward line, full forward line, and he'd probably do a job. Like he's such a versatile player. He's an unbelievable player, and uh, I suppose that's what makes him one of the greats of Mayo GA. I, I'd even go that far now. Like he's an absolutely incredible player, and he's an incredible, um, you know, personality as well. I see him on the Sunday game analyzing the Derry Galway game in the semi final. I know I thought he was. Very articulate. I think he's an unbelievable player. He reads a game particularly well. And yeah, he's an incredible player. And honestly, it's it's one player that I actually like from Mayo, like yeah, Andy Moore's another as well. But uh, I'd love him to win an All Ireland, whether it be county, whether it be club. Like notice the bars are gone. Like I had a soft spot for the bars, and I know Nemo's still in it. But honestly, I'd love Westport to win it just for him. He's an incredible, incredible talent. And yeah, he's he's so versatile. I think I've seen him in the half hour once or twice, maybe, but he's an incredible, incredible player. And yeah, he's a he's a brilliant, brilliant same individual for the GA and Mayo and probably one of the legends of Mayo GA. Maybe unlucky to not win an all-star this season. Maybe a lot of people are saying that. So yeah, he's an incredible, incredible player and hopefully he wins it all Ireland, whether it be club or county in the next few weeks. Hopefully he'll be club because I'll be up for Westport definitely in the club challenge. Definitely up to the final anyway. Like if Nemo reaches, uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see then. Um, but um, yeah, Westport will be definitely one of the teams I'll be up for because because of Lee's achievement really and I hope he does win it all Ireland um, and hopefully... He does it in the end. He's an incredible. He's a legend of uh, the GA, even without the All Ireland title. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, I think even a, a Kilmacu Croaks Westport final. Like I think that would be something definitely to to sort of dig your nails into. Um, you know, and as you said there, like obviously we've mentioned Lee Keegan a good bit, but plenty of other good players in there. Mark Moore, as you've mentioned before, Fionn McDonough, very very good player. We've seen him with Mayo in the last couple of seasons. Oh, McLaughlin's actually injured at the moment as well. And from what I've heard, there's a few other good club players injured with Westport. So, you know, it shows their, I suppose, strength and depth that, you know, they've had a couple of injuries and they've been they've been able to, in the end, make the breakthrough and, and, and come through Mayo. So massive, massive congratulations to them. 
There was a comment here from Gavin who says Mike Cullen or Westport who would win. And I suppose that leads us nicely into the Galway final. Mike Cullen won 10, Salt Hill won 9. Late, late goal from Peter Cook. I'm not too sure if you've seen it, but it's just the the classic long ball that gets floated into the square and then it gets flicked on and into the back of the net. I'm not too sure if the Mike Cullen forward was going for the goal, to be honest. He, he may have been going for the point, only he knows, uh, to be perfectly honest. But Peter Cook gets a bit of a touch on it um, above the goalkeeper. And Mike Cullen, by the narrowest of margins, escape with a late goal, late victory. And um, yeah, they progress into the Connor Club Senior Football Championship, where they will, in fact, play Westport. I mean, that's going to be a tasty game. It will be, and probably it will be on TG Carr as well. The height of the game is absolutely incredible. And, you know, I did see that goal again. You know, you don't beat a long ball going into the square. Yeah, it's incredible how it, how it transpired really. And there's rumours Peter Cook will come back into the Galway team. And I always liked him as a player. I thought he was an outstanding player for Galway. He had more commitments, I think, last year. He came back. He's done well by Cullen. And they've won the Galway championship. But... They've done it the hard way as well, like beating Mount Bailey and Moylock, um, getting this last-minute goal as well. What a story for Mike Cullen to win it. And um, on the Mike Cullen and Westport, I'd back Westport to win it because of the players potentially to come back into the team, but could be wrong there again. Like I predicted the Bars to win Cork, but they didn't do it. But, um, but uh, then again, I predicted Westport to win Mayo and they did. So, um, you know, um, it could go either way, really. But... Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Westport to win it, but it, it's a brilliant achievement for Mike Cullen to win it. And I was looking at Paddy Power odds, actually. Mike Cullen are third favourites to win the All-Ireland, according to Paddy Power, anyway. So they're only behind Watty Graham's Lane and Kilmichael Crooks. So, um, yeah, that's something that's something you might not have known, Aaron, but um, it's an interesting fact. But Westport then are seventh favourites to win it. So, like, it should be an unbelievable a titanic clash. And uh, the winners of that play strokes done from Roscommon. So all the heavyweights in Connacht are on one side of the draw. So it should yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, it's much like the the inter-county draw, actually, as well. Like, you've got the, the Sligo champions, Leitrim and London champions on one side of the draw. Like, I think, you know, I was saying it to Shea Brady before. Like, if you were a Turla Strand fan, you'd be looking at that draw and thinking, Jesus, like, we've got a serious, serious chance at maybe getting to a, a Connacht final. And then on a one-off game, Against the Mike Cullen, Westport or Strokestown, three teams who haven't played in in the Connor Club Championship, at least at senior level, um, you know, and in, in God knows how long. A lot of these players have never never played. I don't think any of them have, actually, as a matter of fact, because Mike Cullen obviously couldn't play in, in 2020, and that was, I think, their first ever county title or their first in 30 years or something, as a matter of fact. So will certainly be uh, be interesting there. But, yeah, I would have to agree with you there as well. I think, you know, I'd probably narrowly aim towards a Westport win. But, like, at the same time, Mike Cullen, I've got a lot of good players um, and Galway sides have shown down the years that once they get out of Galway, you know, they are a force to, to be reckoned with. And, you know, I know Mount Bellion, my lock didn't make the, the breakthrough in Connacht last year. But, you know, they were very, very close. Obviously had that decision at the end that went against them. So, you know, you certainly can't rule out my colour. You can't, no, but uh, yeah, you, you can't rule out Westport either. They're a pretty good side. And uh, historically, I would agree that Galway uh, champions actually do better than male champions. So that'll be interesting to see how um, uh, they get on there. But uh, yeah, like it should be an intriguing game, an intriguing watch. Hopefully it'll be on TG Carr so we can all watch it. But um, 
that side of the draw and Torres Strand you mentioned as well that was one side before coming on air here that I was thinking of that could make a run like I looked at their side of the draw they have to, be, they have to play St. Mary's Kiltockers or St. Kiernan's in the semi-finals mm-hmm. of Connacht I mean how easy could that get really so and Torres Strand are the kingpins of Sligo over the last few years and they have some excellent players themselves like uh, Liam Gohan Phelan O'Donnell in midfield as well so and uh, Ray Bailey for the Ball Talk podcast is on the panel, I think, of that team as well. So, mm. best of luck to him. So, um, yeah, like, um, they, they, I think they'll do well. I think they'll probably reach a kind of final and they'll come up against Westport. But you've seen so many times, Aaron, that aside going in under the radar, they don't do so well in a, a previous round, or they do win a previous round, but against lower opposition. And then the, the other side, the Westport, i.e., would do well against a higher opposition and then get tired once they get to the final and Torre Strand mm. will be all rested. That that same thing could happen. Like I think Torre Strand are real dark horses for Connacht. Like um not just to get to the final but to win it, I think. They're uh, pretty good. They're they've um, done well at Sligo over the past few years and they're oh, so the draw is so easy to be honest. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I think they've got they've definitely got a great chance. I mean, you wouldn't rule, rule out St. Kiernan's or, or St. Mary's pulling off a shock. I mean, St. Kiernan's actually pushed through the strand quite closely um last year. So you certainly you certainly wouldn't rule them out, but like what an opportunity most definitely for, for a team like Turla Strand on, on that side of the draw. Moving on to the Tyrone final, Ergil Kieran two eleven, Carrick Moore one twelve. The Canavans and Co. and Peter Hart in there as well get the job done. Their first county title since 2013. It definitely got nervy towards the end. There was a, a goal right at the end of the scene on, on highlights in TG Carr where Eric O'Kieran were passing it around the back. Messed up a bit of play in Carrick Moore. Ended up getting a goal. I think it was Martin Penrose who got that one. Um, so they made it quite closer towards the end, maybe in a similar fashion to Finbar's Nemo Rangers, but huge, huge win for Eric O'Kieran. Uh, first county title in 10 years. The Canavans and the Hearts rolling back the years. They are, yeah, and they look a very good side. But yeah, it's, it was a very interesting uh, Toronto final from what I was hearing as well. And for the Canavans to do it, uh, I've seen the photo of um, the two with Peter at the end of it. And that's brilliant to see. Uh, Peter Hart, I think, honestly, one of the most underrated players in the country in midfield. That pretty good that he won it. And uh, Martin Penrose, I didn't know he played for Carrick Moore anyway, but uh, you learn something new every day. But um, yeah, great to see him on the scene as well. Like, yeah, pretty old players, all lads doing for clubs once again um, coming to the fore. But um, yeah, brilliant win for Eric Kieran. Um, the thing is, though, they play Watty Graham's Glen at the Ulster quarterfinal, and that'll be some mouth-watering tie. Like, Glen are the second favourites for the All Ireland, according to Paddy Power, anyway. So, this will be a very, very difficult game for Eric Kieran to try and win us. But, um, Look, I think they're probably one of the best Tyrone sides to come out of Tyrone in the last few years. So, um, if a Tyrone side is going to make waves in um, in Ulster uh, club football, maybe it's no. Like they're a pretty good side, to be honest, on paper. But can they produce us on the pitch against a pretty good uh, Watty Graham's Glen side? Yeah, Keane was has plenty of comments coming in here, just saying he plays midfield. And Hurland played midfielder, centre back in football, scored one seven and Hurland in football this year. So congratulations, Keane, top top man yourself. Um, but yeah, as you were saying there, I mean it was a, a big big win for for Eric O'Kira nonetheless um, to to get the job done. And obviously going in against Water Graham's Glen now in the next round, like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. Make no mistake about that. In the Fermanagh final, Enniskillen Gales three twelve, Balik eleven points. So. Uh, 
I suppose Balik, where you went and bought some pottery or, or whatever you did, you know, it didn't quite work in the end. Um, but Hannah Skillen get the job done. And Connor Love, actually, I was looking at the highlights, two very, very good goals. Um, might be a player we might be hearing more of for for for, for, for Mana down the years, bit of a tongue twister there. But um Anna Skillen nonetheless got the job done and it's the mighty lads from Cavan of Gowna next. Yeah, and I obviously I um, was chatting to John McMahon on his podcast last week that Gowna could be in a final, but uh, looking at a skill and hammering belief in this unfortunately, um look it's is it good pottery? I don't know. We we like we use it for special occasions, so it's um it's 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 good to be honest, with you. And uh, I think did we get the teapot? Oh, I think the teapot we got was in Wicklow. I I t- keep thinking that was Belik, but anyway, um, away from probably, probably probably that's that's probably why that's probably why. But um, I was mentioning with uh, John last week that Gona they only have to beat in a skilling to reach an Ulster semi-point. It's a realistic objective for Gona. Like I seen Gona recently on RT and on the highlights reel anyway, and they were excellent. I thought and uh, and Cavan football has been on the rise over the last two seasons, so maybe they could uh, find their way. But in a skilling, like Donny Derry Gondley Harps last year against um, Dunmore, is it Dun? Dromore, Dromore, that's the thing from Toronto. They knocked Dromore last season and eventually went on to run to the Ulster final. Maybe in a skin and could be that kind of side, but they're on the side of Cross McLean and Kilcrew. So um, I don't think there'd be a fairy tale story there, but maybe a club champion might prove us wrong again, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, Conor Love, I've always rated him as a young, talented footballer. So interesting, he got a brilliant goal yesterday. So um. Yeah, good win for Inniskinnon, but unfortunately for the pottery merchants in Bleak, it wasn't a good day. Yeah, definitely not, definitely not. Gavin says, baffling Cavan of 40 Ulster title, but yet no club has won. If, that's surprising if, if no Cavan team has ever won the, the Ulster Club Championship. Um, to be fair, majority of Cavan's Ulsters and All-Irelands came pre the 1950s and 60s. Like I don't know like I don't know if they all actually happened. Like, I think maybe there might have been a Cavan man just sort of you know, editing the records or, or something of, of that nature. I don't know. Like, there's definitely definitely something dodgy going on there, by all accounts. Um, but no, nonetheless, like I think I think look down. have got plenty of good players and Connor Casey as we've seen before. Um, and who knows if you get past Anna Skillen, I think you'd you'd then be playing either Kilku or Cross McGlen in the semi-finals. Like you'd you'd obviously fancy Kilku or, or Cross McGlen to come through, but. You know, stranger things have uh, have happened in in these club championships. We we've certainly seen it down the years. Um, in Clare, it was Aero Guinness nine points, Ennis Stoyman six points, and then in the Waterford final, it was Denora ten points, Rackormick eight points. Um, I suppose both sides winning back to back county titles there. Both obviously going into you know the opening round of the Munster Club Championship, and um, look big win for Aero Guinness. Like I seen Darren O'Neill was was in there in midfield. Um, huge, huge win for them. Brilliant win for Arrow again. Well, um, I was hearing from GA that actually they didn't perform particularly well, and Clare fans didn't perform particularly well. Like in his time, and apparently we're playing a defensive brand of football and it kind of ruined the game uh, as a spectacle. But yeah, like um, it was a good win. It was a good win for Arrow again. And I think they could be a threat in the club championship uh, coming down the line because they're playing denier in the first round. And I'm not right off denier. They beat Carberry Rangers, the Cork champions, in 2016. So I know what they're all about. They're a pretty good side, even by Watford standards. So that'll be a tough for a first round game. But the next round is Kieran's O'Reilly's. And we'll go back to the Kerry arguments again. 
um, will Kerry complain about the club championship if they lose to Aerogainis possibly and I think they actually could I think Aerogainis have the capabilities of beating this uh, Kieran's rally side and then they reach a monster final against either Clonmel Commercials Adair uh, Newcastle West or Nemo Nemo Rangers so Look, Aerogainis sits there for them. I think they got the experience last year from playing in the Monster Championship. Unlucky against the Bars. The Bars were just a much better team on the day in Parky Rain. But um, Aerogainis, they have the experience. They have Darren O'Neill there. Gavin Crudy scored six points against NS Tymon. So, pretty good performance from him. Um, Ikeem at centre forward did pretty well. I think uh, Ian McGrath, centre back, has talked about as a good player. Manus Doherty, a corner back, who's doing well with Clare in recent seasons or recent games. Uh, Kieran Russell's another one so they've some very good players and Mark McInerney of course very good player as well so yeah I think Aerogain is half the team to challenge a few teams in Munster but Denier don't write them off either because they're well capable of causing shocks I think they've won a few Munsters themselves beating a few Kerry Cork teams so they might be at it again Absolutely yeah like I think they you know we, we've seen we've seen them down the years produce one or two one or two shocks like you, you would probably have to Still lean towards Karen's O'Rahleys to to pull off the the victory. Like I think it would be it would be a massive massive shock and probably not a good look for for Kerry Club Football if they if they were to be beat um, in in a semi final against either the Nor or Air Og Ennis. Um, looking at the London final, St Kiernan's thirteen points, Fulham Irish eight points. So big big results for them, and they'll obviously go into the Connor Club Championship. And moving on to some hurling results, then it was. And the Limerick final, Napirshik 3-23, Kilmalik 2-15. Um, brilliant, brilliant display from Napirshik. Like, really, really controlled the game. They were, you know, what was it, 10, 15 points up nearly at one point in the game mm-hmm. against the Rain and Limerick champions as well. Um, and I suppose the general consensus really is now is that with Napirshik's quality, I mean, they might be the potentially the team. If Ballygunner can see off... Kilroan McDonough's, who we'll get onto in a moment in the opening round in Munster. Now, Pearshick might be able to cause a shock or two. They can, yeah. And like in 2020, they were probably the most uh, faultless team in the whole club championship. But unfortunately, it was cut short due to the unfortunate COVID 19 pandemic. So um, they didn't uh, progress in the Munster championship, but they were determined to do this year. And by God, they produced a brilliant performance. And I've been saying for the Pearshick for years. They're one of the best sides in Limerick. They're undoubtedly that. They're an unbelievable side. Like Adrian Breen, I think, is one of the best club players around the uh, around the country, even. Um, David Dempsey as well. Uh, What's there? Shane Dowling. I'm not sure does Shane Dowling actually still play for them. Um, I have to check that out now. But they're, he doesn't. Doesn't no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't anymore. No, I think he was. I think he was playing intermediate or or junior level potentially with um with the team. And I, I do think he's involved with the panel in some way, potentially on the bench or, or maybe even as part of the, of the backroom team, but he wasn't playing in uh, in this one. Interesting to know that, yeah. But still, the point remains, like the Pearshig are an outstanding team. And I've seen them a few seasons ago. I think they hammered Dune in the Limerick final. And I was so impressed, so impressed by them. And even this scoreline against Kilmanock, I was kind of disappointed with Kilmanock at the Monster Championship last season. But I think the Pierce could make a run on it. I really do. I think uh, themselves, Bally Gunner, the bars I'm hopeful for as well because of their strength and conditioning as well. Bally A, I think this should be a very, very interesting Monster Championship. And Bally Gunner will definitely get more of a challenge than they did last year, in my opinion. So it should be interesting to see how it transpires. But the Pierce fully deserving Limerick winners like um, 
it was disappointing that Kim Mallock kind of won last year. They didn't represent Limerick Hurley particularly well, but I think the Pierce should definitely will. I think they're an unbelievable side strength and conditioning through the roof in that team. And yeah, they're an absolutely incredible team. And it'll be interesting to see if they come up against Bally Gunner. Of course, if they beat Kid Ron McDonough, I don't want to offend any tip fans. I've offended enough male fans, but yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like just looking at some of the players on their team, like if Mike, Mike Casey in there, a fullback, Willow Donahue, obviously in midfield, like the captain, Peter Casey, David Dempsey, Connor Boyle on the top played fairly well as well. Um, so, I mean, they've, they've a tremendous amount of talent and I think it might have been them who played Kula in an All-Ireland Club final there many years ago Um, very very close to winning it and you know they have a lot of very very good players and, and they're certainly a team that I don't think you can you can rule out Um, you know and you might look at at Leinster and think okay Ballyhale should have enough to to come through the, the Leinster Championship without much problems you, you'd be looking at Slot Neil maybe in Ulster but then in Munster, like at least we probably are going to have a very competitive final, semi-final, whenever potentially the two teams could meet because Ballygunner and Apirshig, I mean, it's definitely one to get the popcorn now. Definitely is, yeah. And uh, Kieran McDonald will probably spoil it now by winning in the game against Ballygunner. Yeah. You never know. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely mouth-watering, this uh, tie between, well, potential tie, we should say, between the Apirshig and Ballygunner. Like, Two sides that I think have all earned aspirations. I know it's a bit early, but they're particularly very, very good sides. The both of them, and even the lads you named out of the Pearshig. I think Peter Casey's another one for the Pearshig as well. Correct me if I'm wrong now, but Jesus, that's some talent. Some talent that the Pearshig have. You, you have players nearly in every line in that team, and it's a great. I think Barry Hennessy's in, or Kilmanach. I, I, I don't know who their goalkeeper is now, but. Yeah, it's a very, very good um, team for the Pearshig and they will definitely put it up to Ballygunner. If any team is going to put it up to them, it'll either be Ballyhale or the Pearshig. That's that's it, I think, mm-hmm. with this Ballygunner side. So should be interesting to see how it, uh, how it transpires, but it it is definitely a game that, that it is mouth-watering. Hopefully, again, it'll be on TG Gary. It probably will, given it's the Munster Championship, but we'll have to see in the next few weeks and yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by it, even though it hasn't been confirmed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Barry Hennessy, like I have the pleasure of having the teams in front of me here. So he does play for Kilmallock in goal. Um, Evan Condon, actually the man in, in goal there for, for Napiershik. But yeah, moving on from that, obviously we were mentioning Kilroan McDonough's and a uh, big, big result for them. First Tipperary Senior Hurling Championship in 37 years, 220 to 116 versus Kiladangan. First half, Kiladangan started very, very well. Um, came out of blocks, but Kilroan in the end had enough to, to turn around in the second half. Big, big result for them. Um, and I suppose, firstly, really, like the tribute they paid towards Dylan Quirk as well towards the end of the game. Um, like, I have an image from here. Like, obviously, great to see, you know, like it was in the in the exact same spot as to where uh, Dylan Quirk sadly, tragically passed away, obviously, when he was playing against Kilroan McDonough's. Um, so, yeah, look, great to see the Kilroan lads sort of pay tribute to Dylan Quirk um, and sort of, you know, pass on their condolences and everything else. And, look, you know, what a story it would be if they could go on potentially, maybe win a Munster, maybe win an All-Ireland, um, you know, and, and obviously Dylan looking down. Yeah, it's a, it's a really poignant moment and uh, brilliant, brilliant for the Kilroan McDonald players. It's a brilliant moment, probably one of the moments of the year. And, uh, yeah, fair play to them. And, 
Yeah, you nearly forget that Kieran McDonough were actually the opponents for Clowns. You were sworn that's a fateful night. Like, uh, you know, it was, um, it was a sad night overall. It was just class what they did uh, with uh, Dylan Cork with, with the helmet at the end and everything. You know, I think it was incredible, incredible what they did. And the match itself, they won it in the end. Pretty good achievement for them. And uh, I don't know, I think this is their first temporary title in a very long time anyway. And, Fair play to Kinneran. What a, what, a, what a victory for them. And um, yeah, fair play to them. And uh, hopefully they, they do themselves justice now in the quarterfinal against uh, Ballygunner. I think they will for Dylan's sake as well. For Tipperary Hurling, I think they'll do the county very proud. But um, yeah, Ballygunner, I think, should win the game. But you never know. The club championship, it's as unpredictable as ever. But we'll have to see. But brilliant, brilliant moment towards the end uh, of that game. Yeah, and, and Keane Darcy there with two goals, some some good performances in there from Connor Austin, Keane O'Kelly as well. And Jerome Cattle, who actually scored two goals the last day, was actually held scoreless um for, for, for the entirety of the game. So definitely a, a big, big surprise there from from his point of view. And the fact that he didn't play that well and they still went on to win definitely definitely shows the um I suppose the class of of a, a team like Kill Rowan to, to get the job done. I suppose uh, moment of the week, club moment of the week. I mean, maybe we just mentioned it, but uh, any any others or anything else you can think of? Well, as we mentioned that, I'm going to go for yeah, I'll go for something in Cork because um, you probably predict say someone up the country or something like that. So I'm going to go the senior A final. I know Nemo won the Premier Senior final. And fair play to them. But the senior A final between uh, St. Michael's and Not the Green, whoever won the game, I thought um, deserving winners like Not the Green. Uh, they won their first junior A county title in 24 years in 2015. And to get to a county final seven years later was incredible and on the verge of um, the top grade of car football. But it was Michael's day. They lost six finals uh, prior to this and they eventually won us with a 276 points victory. Brilliant victory for the whole club of Michael's. And I honestly think this will be a similar story to me, ladies. Like they, they get over the line finally to try and win this, uh, to get promoted to the top grade of their competition. And they've done, I think they will be a threat. Their, their hurling club is Black Rock, who got to the final in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. So maybe there's going to be footballers coming out of uh, this club, St. Michael's, in a car jersey. You never would have seen that a few seasons ago. But fair play to Michael's. The celebrations were unbridled and it's a brilliant club. And for them to win a final, finally, for the first time in seven attempts, it's brilliant and the way they kept going and going and going and they eventually won it brilliant yeah yeah no like I, I suppose for me obviously the you know uh, Kilroan McDonough's their tribute to Dylan Quirk like I think goes without saying that's that's number one but I suppose in terms of on the pitch or anything like that I mean Luke Connolly's points for, for Nemo Rangers was, was absolutely outrageous and then Outside of that, I mean, you're looking at Lee Keegan delivering for for Westport, getting that 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 uh, Mayo Championship, um, and even David Clifford as well. As obvious as it is, and maybe as normal as it is that he produces such an unbelievable performance, but one nine of your team's one sixteen in a county final again um, goes without saying. So, you know, I think I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go for for Lee Keegan and Westport just for getting over the line, especially when they were big underdogs um, in that final. But, um, but yeah, Matthew, look, top man, top man. And, um, yeah, I suppose best of luck for the rest of the, the Munster Club Championship with your uh, favourite team, Nemo Rangers. Yeah, thanks for that, Aaron. It'll be following them all the way. And uh, thanks for uh, coming on to the podcast. And uh, 
we should enjoy the Liverpool game now. I think we're one 0 down at the moment, but uh, usual, usual way, usual way. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, just just seeing the goal go in, so now I want to I want to keep talking. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I match you. Thank you.